0: Who's tired of bad news? Don't you just want something that makes you smile, laugh, or feel good? Whether you start your day with this podcast or listen when you need a mood boost, your daily chocolate is a quick, calorie-free way to feel good. In less than 15 minutes, you'll hear funny stories, clean jokes, and interviews with inspirational people. Your host, Patty Deutsch, is bound and determined to counterbalance all the negativity that's out there today. Just give yourself a moment to indulge in these bite-sized stories. It'll be good for you. Welcome to your Daily Chocolate. My guest today is Leah Remillay, who is an international speaker and strategist who helps women do less to get more. Simply put, if you're a woman with a mission, but you worry that scaling your business means failing at home or in other parts of your life, then Leah shows you how to spread your message make an incredible income and do it all on part-time hours. And gentlemen, just because she's speaking directly to women, don't think that you're left out. After talking with her, she is just a expert in balancing busy. And I know men are are doing that just as much as women these days as they work from home and balance the home life and, and business. So I think you'll get something out of this conversation as well. Happy to have Leah on the show with me. Leah, thank you so much for joining me on your Daily chocolate. Such a thrill to have you.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me.
0: You are more than welcome. You know, your business is all about helping people balance their busy lives. And obviously coming up into the holiday season, a lot of people are kind of focused on that. But I know that you kind of learned this the hard way. Tell me how you came to this.
1: How oh, did I ever. So <laughs> oh, I think... I think I was like a lot of entrepreneurs. We sit down, we say, oh, wouldn't it be amazing too? And we start to to work from this dream. And at first you're just dreaming that someone's going to be willing to pay you some money. Yeah. And you don't really think about what happens if a lot of people are willing to pay you money and how you're going to streamline that and organize that. Right. So, I mean, I just did what everybody did. I jumped right in. I'm working my tail off to get those first clients. And it grew. I mean, that that is the dream. So I'm so grateful for that. But it grew really, really quickly. I hit six figures in my first year. Wow. And I had this client base and, and I wanted everybody to be happy. So I'm trying to say yes to everyone and everything. And, you know, you see every opportunity, I think, a little too equal in the early stages. Right. So you're just you're just yesing everything and I, I, I couldn't sustain it. I didn't have any systems. I had no automations. I was constantly reinventing the wheel that didn't need to be reinvented again and again and again. And I was trying to fit it all in and my hours just kept needing to stretch and stretch. I had yeah. little little ones at home. My husband was in graduate school and it was just really hard trying to do it all. And I share a story often of, uh, you know, giving up sleep, ending up blacking out, having an ambulance have to take me away and and realizing that I just I had to fix everything. But there's another part of the story that I don't often share, which is I had an office in the house. I always have. And I would work at night. I'd get the kids down to sleep and my husband would invite me to watch a show with him, or play a game or hang out. And I'd say, oh, just give me 30 minutes. Oh, I would go into my office and my office was kitty-corner to where I could look behind me and I could see our room. I could see him in bed. And so I'd check back and I'd be like, oh, good. He's still up. You know, he's watching ESPN or reading a book, whatever, right? And so I'd a little more and I'd look back and I'd work a little more and I'd look back. And inevitably, there would come a point each night where I'd look back and he was no longer awake. He'd fallen asleep. And it had been far more than 30 minutes. It had probably been a couple hours. And, and I would continue to work well into the night, often 4 5 a.m. to try to get all of these things done. And one particular night after doing this for way, way, way too long, this thought came to my mind, which was, what if he stopped waiting up for you? Like, and it and it meant so much more than that, right? It wasn't just about staying up late. It was like, what if he stopped waiting for you? What if right. you putting him on hold over and over and over and constantly making him feel less Second than choice. and, and yeah. not hurting, right? And so that was a big turning point for me too. and And- in all of this, I just realized it has to change. And I really wanted and I didn't want, or I didn't want you can have the successful business or the happy marriage. You can have the, you know, incredible income and make that incredible impact, or you can feel like a great mom. I wanted and Both. and I became yeah. obsessed with how am I gonna do this? How How can I have both and feel great and sleep and exercise and just all of these things that I wanted? And so once I figured it out, I just felt absolutely called to show other women because I knew it couldn't just be me that was feeling that way.
0: Do you think this is um, typical for women versus men? Yes. Yeah,
1: I'm sure I'm sure men deal with it all the time, too. I know they do. I've had these conversations but there's something very unique for us as women number 1 it really hasn't been that long since we've even truly been in the workforce i right. mean we're talking a, a few generations where this is a very normal thing for us to be in the workforce and we're still also trying to be incredible homemakers which i don't apologize for i love being a homemaker like i love being a mom i love making our lunches all the fun things, I I wanna be both. And and I don't want to replace one with the other because I think I think what we do in our homes, there's nothing more valuable. So yes, I think it is I think it is very complex for us as women trying to navigate all of it.
0: You sound like sort of the, the stereotypical overachiever, right? <laughs> Which is not a bad thing. I, I I try to fit into that same category, but I know that you had learning disabilities growing up and somebody actually told you, you better marry rich. Yeah. Right. Because you weren't going to be able to be or do what you wanted. That's, yeah. Oh my gosh. First of all, I can't believe somebody would say that, you know, but you, you've owned your own business. You bought a home. You had a Christmas tree farm of all things, you know, and the successes just keep piling up. So how do you attribute your success given that background?
1: So I am absolutely certified dyslexic, also wow. uh, diagnosed ADHD. I remember having special tutors, being wow. taken out of the classroom and having to go to a special class for um, you know certain periods, always having to do math out of lower grade books, always, often two or three years under oh. my classmates, honestly knowing that I was the dumbest one. And I say that because, you know, yes, obviously now I think, no, oh, I'm really smart, but in a comes from setting, if you can see the leaderboard, if you can see where everybody's at, and you are consistently the bottom, then that means you're, you're the the lacking, right? You're the one with, that can't keep up. And so I, I spent all of school hating learning, feeling like it just made me feel like a failure and I couldn't wait to never have to learn again, essentially. And I got out of school and I started learning things that I was interested in. I started really small, Um, but just different things. I I wanted to learn how to cook. This is such a silly thing, but I really wanted oh. to learn how to cook. I didn't know how to cook anything. I was married. I wanted to make my husband a dinner. It was not going well. You know, he would be like, oh, this looks great. What is it? I mean, it wasn't even oh, no. identifiable. I was so bad. And so... I made a plan. I sat down with a notebook and a pen and I would watch the Food Network. And my whole thought was, I'm going to learn how to make three dinners. Then we invite people over. I could rotate the three dinners. No, I only know how to make three. And so I would sit there and watch Food Network for hours, taking notes and, and trying to figure out how these things worked. My favorite one was um, semi-homemade because that felt more doable, right? Oh, like, yes. Yeah, and some like like real stuff. And over time, I started to realize the common threads. Like, like, oh, all of these sauces start with a roux. Oh, they're right. I just learned these different things. And I, I learned to cook and I really started loving it. And people would say, oh my gosh, this is so good. Would you make this for this event? And like, you know, just just little things, friends. Right. Be like, oh, will you, will you do this? And so I think that was one of my first, my first introductions to, I love like learning. Like yeah. when I'm interested when I'm excited this is good and and you can do it at your own pace. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so I think that when I think about my success and what I attribute to I think it's a it's a combo of number 1 actually being dyslexic because when you're dyslexic it does not come to you the normal way. You have to think outside the box. You have to be creative. You have to say it's okay that plan A and B and C and D and E and F did not work. We can keep going through the alphabet. One of these has got to click, right? And so in entrepreneurship, that's that's what running a business is about. You're yeah. constantly adjusting, pivoting, trying new things. You've got to get creative. You've got to think outside the box. So I think being dyslexic really, really helped with that. Um, I also think a nice, healthy dose of stubbornness. <laughs> and um, determination to to prove what I was capable of, right? Like, yeah, you say that I better marry rich because I have expensive taste. Well, I'm going to buy all these things myself. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna prove that I can do this. And then I think the final thing is uh, commitment not not a not a rigid commitment that it had to look a certain way, but just that I wanted to experience and feel a certain thing. Yeah. So the path to get there, I was okay with being very flexible in the path and and how that was going to look and what it was going to be like. I just knew that ultimate goal that I wanted, which was to be financially independent, which was to know that I was safe financially, to be able to create incredible experiences for our family and to really make an impact, to, to help other people believe in themselves and yeah. to live their best life. So that combo I think was was kind of the the magic for me. And then a husband who really really supports me and gets out of my way when I have crazy ideas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's key. You left the best part for last. Huh? So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so um we mentioned that the the holidays are coming up and people tend yeah. to get overwhelmed. What what is just one tip To help prevent that. I mean, you're so good at balancing now. You've learned that. Yeah. What would you? What would you recommend?
1: Schedule what matters most first. So one of the biggest mistakes we make, and I've made this, is that I allowed a lot of other people's priorities to get scheduled in. And then I looked at the calendar and there wasn't room left for the fun thing Mm. I wanted to do. And I would be so disappointed. I'd feel guilty. I'd be frustrated and, you know, overwhelmed. Yes, it's it's having too much on our plates, right? Like that's that's the general idea of overwhelm. Oh, there's too much. But often the first thing we need to do is just rearrange the plate. Like just put those things that matter most first, go through, look for all the little things that you can just, you know, if I carved out a few hours, I could knock out a bunch of this. Carve that time out and do it. And then, yeah, schedule, schedule the, the silly movie nights. schedule going and looking at the Christmas lights, schedule the making cookies, those high priority things, and then let all the other things fill in. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we got to be okay with saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make that one. That, that has to be something we become comfortable with.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, do you really schedule everything or do you leave some time for spontaneity?
1: Oh, we leave a lot of time for spontaneity. My, so, I, if I have in my way, I would probably schedule every detail of everything. <laughs> I really, really love me a schedule. My husband is the opposite. Oh gosh, absolutely opposite. He loves the spontaneity. So he frequently will come to me on like a Friday and be like, "We don't have anything this weekend," which he doesn't even know because he didn't check the calendar. Let's just, yeah. I did
0: not want to check that. His calendar is not your calendar. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Wait, we don't the kids don't have school on Friday. We should go to Disneyland. I mean, and and we'll, he would say this on a Thursday. Yeah, think like, hey, let's go on Friday. Let's do this. I mean, he is spontaneous to the highest level, which is good for me, right? We I don't think we'd have nearly as much fun if it wasn't for him, right? So so he balances me out. But yes, we there is room for a lot of spontaneity in in our family because. I don't think he could, he could handle it if it's not. So what I really like to do is, yes, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of plans, a lot of scheduling, a lot of time blocking, but there is also a lot of space for recess. And I didn't used to call it recess. I was speaking recently and someone misunderstood me and I was saying reset and she thought I said Uh, recess. uh, uh, And then I just sort of started thinking about that. And I was like, you know, I love that actually. Because we know recess for kids, it improves memory. It improves attention, concentration, helps them stay on task. And I'm like, well, it's the same thing for us. When we stop for a few minutes and and reset or take a recess, like it really does. We come back and and we're ready to jump in. So whether that's after lunch, I'm going to go have my recess and, you know, take our dog for a walk and listen to a book or a podcast or whether it's a big recess where we're taking the whole weekend and we're playing, I really think we need space in our lives that's just white space where we yeah. can whatever we want and do whatever we want. We can have that crazy impulse. One of our recent ones was a total redo of our kitchen. And we decided on a Thursday to do it that weekend. And oh, gosh. Oh, so, yeah. So we we absolutely make room for for spontaneity. I think we need novelty in our lives. One of the things that makes kids so vibrant and alive and, and the way that they look at the world is that there is constant novelty, which they can't avoid. There's newness right. no matter what, because everything's new. But as we get older, if we're not careful, we put ourselves into this rut of everything is the same and then we lose our vibrance. And so I think novelty, spontaneity, that, that keeps us fresh.
0: Does that not drive you crazy as somebody who loves to schedule? Because I'm the same thing. I have my lists. I plan out my week. You know, and for your husband to say, guess what? We're going away this weekend. Do you do you go back and go, okay, I'm going to have to move this appointment, this appointment, because this is a priority, right? So yeah. my husband and kids want to do something. It's important quality time. And you just reset everything.
1: Oh, absolutely. So sometimes I have to, I have to be the, the fun killer. Like it's because there are many times where he has not looked at the calendar at all. He says he he has not. And so I'm looking and I'm like, uh, honey, the kids have this, this and this. There's, there's things that can't be rearranged. But I also try to, my natural inclination is to want to be like, no, no, no. So I push myself out of that comfort zone and go, okay, but is, can this be rescheduled? And if, if I'm like, yeah. These things can, then I do push myself to say, okay, let's do it. And, and, you know, rearrange what we need to. But I do try to keep a lot of white space. You know, I only try to work three, three and a half days a week. I take entire days off every week, often, uh, Mondays, Fridays, part of Wednesdays. So there is that room within already kind of built into my, to my life where I do try to give myself that white space of days. Yeah not too, too scheduled so that I can, I can have that freedom to work on whatever I'm inspired by.
0: So that leads me to my next question, because you actually coach people on how to have a full-time income by only working part-time. Yeah. Can you give us, I don't give away all the secrets, but can you give us one on how do you make that happen? Absolutely, of
1: course. So, you know, this started for me not because I wanted some indulgent, oh, I, I want to work part-time, which there's nothing wrong with that. If that is what somebody wants for no other reason than because they want it. More power to you. For me, I've had kids still at home. I'm also our full-time breadwinner. My husband is in graduate school. I had to figure out how to do all this, right? And so I really just started thinking, okay, I'm going to make the most amount of money, <laughs> in the of hours, right? That just felt like a really good, like, hold it go by like and this <laughs> inquiring Minds want to know. Yeah. Oh, but, but <laughs> not and, and I'm going to say the biggest mistake that I've made is I am a very all in person. I, I am either on or I am fully off. I'm yeah. working to install dimmer switches in yeah. my, <laughs> I can be this gradual, but, but that's not naturally me. So when I decided I was going to do this, I tried to go all in to, you know, I wanted that big one wow thing. And the honest truth is I haven't found it. And if anyone has, please email me, reach out to me. I want to know, but I, I have not found them. What I found is needle movers. It's all of these little things that you can add in that give you just a little bit of time back. So maybe it's 10 minutes. 15 minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes, but you start stacking those. And we are talking the difference between feeling frazzled or frantic and feeling fulfilled. Like, yes, there's still a lot of things in my life. Like most people would look from the outside and they'd say, Oh my gosh, you are so busy. I mean, I volunteer 20 to 25 hours a week. I run a, you know, a company. I have employees. I have, um, you know, all the different things. I have a podcast. I am super active with my kids and our family, right? Like it would look like it's so busy, but it doesn't feel busy anymore. It doesn't feel frantic or frazzled. There is space. And it was all these needle movers. It's looking for what you can automate. It's looking for how you can first build systems and then stack systems. It's looking for opportunities to outsource and you start small and you you build your way out. You know, it's the simplest things from I don't go run to the grocery store. It all gets delivered. That's yeah. a little thing, but you start adding those up and that's 30 minutes, an hour here that I get back. I don't clean my own house. I, you know, let someone help me and yeah. take that burden off my place. That's a couple hours. I have automations and systems that, Make it so that I don't have to do the same redundant things over and over. And that's, you know, maybe only two minutes here, but multiply over and over and over. Those add up. So it's all of these different little things, these little needle movers. And actually, if anybody's like, give me more of those, that <laughs> is one. We have a free masterclass. It's 42 minutes. I'm, I'm being very upfront with how much time it is because everyone you know, listening to this typically feels like they're busy. They already don't have enough time. So if, if you will give me 42 minutes for this very free masterclass, I will give you in return six to eight hours every single week, week upon week back. So I feel like that is a investment. Wow. And that is showing these needle movers, these little steps of like you start putting these in and they make a huge impact.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So we will definitely put a link to that in the show yeah, notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's available all the time? Yes, or, it's okay. available. Yeah. So that'll be there. All they have to do is go to my website, which I know you'll have a link to com forward slash free. And that masterclass will be there and available.
0: What a great gift. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So because you are so successful at balancing all this and the breadwinner and scheduling and spontaneity you were able to take a year off and just kind of travel the world i mean i think that's a dream for a lot of people you you've got to have some stories i mean first of all how did that come about and and tell us some great stories about your travels
1: oh it was it was incredible it was a dream absolutely yeah. so i did work I did work during it. My husband didn't have to work at all. So he um, took that entire year off because of the way I build my business. That was very, very part-time and I made it even more part-time during our our year traveling. But essentially during that time, we were living in the greater Seattle area, which is a very expensive area. Yes. And we had some friends who did this. They traveled for a year and um, it was someone who, who I knew. Her name's Jean Smith. Her and I spoke at a lot of the same conferences and retreats. And um, we were, we were roommates at a, at a retreat we were speaking at. And I mean, I wouldn't stop picking her brain. I yeah. made her stay up way <laughs> too late, asking her every detail of how she did this. And my husband and I were kind of talking about this. And you can see this is very up my husband's like alley. He okay. was a jumped on this idea. Right. And we started looking at it and we realized, you know, we could keep the exact same budget that we have only be traveling. And, you know, it, we would just have a different experience. And so um he didn't work for the year. I did. And we were able to do this, you know, just on on my income. And um, we took the kids out of school. So we homeschooled them for the year, right? Wow. So that we could, we could go and travel. We started in England. We did England, Ireland, Scotland. And our goal was to stay about a month to six weeks in each country. And we chose different experiences within the different countries. So we knew some we wanted more rural, some we wanted more urban. Yeah, and so we we went all through the UK, then we went to Hong Kong, Japan, Bali, Australia, oh. and spent all of this time in these in these different countries. And it was it was incredible. It was so hard. I am not going to lie; like there <laughs> were moments where it was so so hard because the travel days—that's what you're just not prepared for. So right a travel day. So for example, you know, you're going to a whole new country. There's a very good chance you're going to be on a plane, a train, possibly a ferry. Yeah. You're going to be on a bus. You're <laughs> going to be on, I mean, you are, you're going through every boat of transportation and you're doing it with luggage. Like. And children. We start out with way too much luggage because we thought, oh, we have one whole suitcase that their school stuff. we have suitcase that's work step. By the time we were done, we got rid of every checked bag and we were down to everyone had one carry-on and a backpack. And that was it. That was oh. all you needed. We And it was so funny because we thought when we were first leaving, we had downsized so much. I and mean, we're like, look at us. Yes. All <laughs> four large cases and everyone has a carry-on and a backpack. Oh, you, when you are trying to lug all of those from the plane to the train to the bus, yes. that's <laughs> To get to your final destination? -uh. Nuh-uh. Does not yeah. We need massively in the end. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, the thing that I am most in awe of was the generosity of the people, just how kind and good they were to us. We were uh, going to Peebles in in Scotland. We had been on literally every mode of transportation. We were on the bus. People were, and we were drawing a lot of attention because who on earth brings this must luggage? Right? <laughs> and, you know, like they're like, how long are you staying? Like actually a year. They were very surprised that we chose Peebles. And I'm going to be honest, spontaneity of my husband, there wasn't a, as much planning involved as you would think would go into a trip like this. There was a lot of like, well, what's the very cheapest flight to another country? Okay, let's go there. That's how we ended up in Hong Kong and Japan. Those were really, yeah, surprise destinations, amazing
0: airfare. And we were like, let's do it. And you did okay with this as a planner. You were okay with all that. No, I was not.
1: (laughs) I will fully admit there was a lot of very, very hushed arguments because, well, when you're in tiny flats in foreign countries and trying not to show that your kids that you are freaking out because you still don't know where you're going next and you're, you know, leaving this country in a week. No, I did not handle that well. But I wish, I will say this, everything worked out. It always worked out. And I look back and I think, why did I spend so much time worrying? Why did I spend so much energy breaking out that there wasn't a, a solid enough plan for my liking? and yet over and over across eight countries, multi-continents was fine. So that was a big lesson for me.
0: What did your kids love the most about all that?
1: Mm. You know, when we all talk about it, it was just the time of us five. Yeah, I mean, every distraction is instantly cleared. You're in countries where not only are there no distractions because there's no after-school sports, there's no, you know, there's nothing like that. There's no meetings that someone has to be at or or activities that we're supposed to do. It is just the five of us. But in some of those countries, we're also the only five who understand one another because everyone else speaks a different language. And so we're the only people we even have to talk to. Um, So I would say, you know, just the closeness, like what it did for us as a family unit
0: Uh.
1: is just incredible. But um, Yeah, we had some amazing adventures and really tried to find things that each kid was passionate about. So our kids is a huge Harry Potter fan. So there was a Uh, lot
0: of
1: Harry Potter things we went and found. One of them is loves to cook. So we did cooking classes in different countries and really learned that. Um, One of them just loves robots and technology. So, I mean, especially when we were in Tokyo. Oh, yeah. technology is just out of this world, and so really getting into all of that, and so yeah, just different different things for each of them that they were
0: passionate about. Oh, I love it, Leah. You are a, a complete inspiration. Not not only you know uh, your your business and and your your ability to coach folks, and you know your your passion for life. Uh, I just love it. So thank you for for all of that. And before I let you go, I always like to uh, end with five rapid fire questions are you ready
1: okay okay I'm ready all
0: right so where do you want to travel
1: next so many places yes. um yeah. Greece okay. I think that that's high on my list
0: you didn't already visit that one huh
1: no haven't been there yet Good. honestly the list is way too long but but that's that's one that's oh I'm going to um I'm going to South Korea Ooh. in in the summer that is my daughter's senior trip she's a high school senior this year when she, breaks my heart. I am not ready, but no. that's where she's chosen to go. So we will be going to to Korea this summer, which I am so excited. Wow.
0: Okay. Thanksgiving we just had. And what is your favorite side dish?
1: Cauliflower ground. Oh my. Really? I love, yeah. Oh, I love it. I make this bechamel sauce and roast the cauliflower and bread and it's delicious. I love it. <laughs> All
0: right. Which Disney princess are you? Ariel for sure. <laughs> I know you recently uh, got into family history. What surprised you?
1: That my family is not a long lost line of black sheep. I wish. <laughs> so I have been obsessed with family history for about 10 years now. I love it. I mean, it's truly like my hobby. And um, which I and I feel like this little super sleuth, like going through and finding these stories. But, you know, I, I, I thought uh, my family I just thought there was a lot of a lot of black sheep, a lot of alcoholism and, and you know, failed dreams and, and heartbreaks and divorce. And, and I didn't really know anything about my my family history. And so that's that's kind of what I thought it was all going to be. And it's incredible. It, I mean, the, the stories, what I found, it's absolutely amazing. Every generation that I go back to was a founding. They, they came over literally on the Mayflower or even before. Wow. From oh, getting it. So it's just been just a lot of discoveries of, of you know, signing the Constitution and like,
0: wow, wow. it worked well, well black sheep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's great. All right. And because this is called your daily chocolate, what is your favorite chocolate? Oh,
1: all chocolate. Am I allowed to say yeah. that? I would yeah. you no know, a, a dark chocolate sea salt caramel. Mm. And it's got to have the little sea salts on the top. I mean, that that's a must, but. Oh, I could eat a lot of those. I'd have eaten a lot of those.
0: Is there a favorite brand or just as long as it's got the the salt on top and the and the caramel inside?
1: (laughs) There used to be this one that my husband would get me and he'd buy them for me in two box, like two pound boxes. That was not good for the waistline. But oh, wow, were they good? I finally had to say, like, you should probably stop buying these. These." I didn't really do a number on
0: them. I love you, but no. (laughs) Leah, thank you so much for joining me. As I mentioned, we'll put all of this information in the show notes so that people can find you, especially for that free masterclass. I think that'll be helpful to just about everyone. And I wish you a wonderful holiday season.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This has been such a treat.
0: As we go into the Christmas season, I hope you can take a tip from Leah and try to go from frazzled to fulfilled. Just try to make Christmas a little more meaningful. And hey, I want to let you know that December is going to be a little different. Uh, usually I tell you who's coming up next week, but stay tuned for some uh, short episodes anyway. Uh, and come back in January when I've got, boy, already three months of, of interviews uh, coming your way with some incredible people. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy And I want to thank you. I just got notified from Spotify that your daily chocolate is in the top 25% of most shared podcasts. And you're to thank for that. So keep sharing, uh, comment and review on the podcasts that you like, and keep coming back. Have a great week.